to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am speaking with a multi-hyphenate creative whose work ranges in and between interior architecture, creative design, graphic design, photography, publication design, the founder of Reedy Creative. Please welcome Tiffany Reedy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rob. Thanks. Thank, thanks for, for being on here. It was so many like hyphens. I was like, look, I'm not going to forget one. It's like naming every Wu-Tang Clan member. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good to speak with, um, with someone that just has like wears many hats and wears many hats. Well, you have a really dope repu- reputation. So I'm glad to talk. Oh, thank you. Come yeah. On. I'm glad to be on your podcast today. Yeah, I mean, only illustrious guests. Like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> so, um, for the fine folks out there, give us those those vital stats. What's your background, and how did you get started? Um, like, with your creative work. Um, so, I went to undergrad for graphic design, and basically, somewhere in my junior year, figured out that I didn't actually want to be doing that. Um, but I was at Syracuse and, um, if you want to be in interiors, you have to start as a freshman in interiors. And if you know anything about Syracuse, you know that this temperature we're having in Baltimore right now is the normal temperature there for a few months of the year, way longer than Baltimore, more like six months. Um, so I just didn't want to do that. And, um, I actually don't think at the time I like knew enough about interior design to even know, like, why I would need to be in the program for four years, what I was going to try to do with it. I just knew that like, that sounded good. Like I was always moving my furniture around and decorating spaces. And, um, it just seemed like a really natural fit for me. So I actually finished my degree in graphics, um, and kind of try to tailor my projects to be more interiors focused. Sure. I originally wanted to go work for Pixar. So I was doing a lot of 3d modeling. Um, and I thought I could just do like 3d models of interiors and kind of get into the field that way. Um, that didn't really work out. So I basically figured out that in the meantime, I could work at a furniture store, um, and then go back to school for design. So, I went back to school here, um, well, in DC and graduated in 2010. And so, um, I got my master's in interiors and I've been doing residential work since then. Um, and then also I've gone into commercial in the last few years, which I really enjoyed because I work with food-based businesses and like my favorite places to hang out are cafes. So it's a good fit. Um, absolutely. I enjoy hanging out at a good cafe. We, we might have to trade notes on some of our favorites because, you know, at one point there was a drink floating around called the Rob Lee at one of my favorite cafes. Yeah. Yeah. People need to go out and get that. I need to troll them and ask for more. Uh, so was there anyone specific during that, that journey that, or that anyone specific or any kind of like role model, whether it be someone that you admire their work, but you may not know them personally, was there anyone that really kind of gave you the inclination to go into design and kind of shift that focus a little bit? Um, I don't know that there was any one person. I think that just from being an artist, like growing up and loving art and knowing that I was really creative and that was kind of my only thing that I knew for sure. You know, when you're trying to figure out who you are, it's, it's just one of those things where you're like, well, I'm really good at art. 
So like I should pursue that. (laughs) Um, and my grandmother was really creative. She was always like really crafty and, um, she was also an art teacher at one point. And I think she was very accepting of me being an artist as well. So she was a big role model in my life in general. Um, and I think that once I was in school, it was more about like, well, what am I going to do when I'm done? And, um, I think also there was, I being in a program that was so computer-based, I knew that I didn't want to be on the computer all the time, Right. but I also didn't really know what the bounds of what I could do were. So I just went to something that felt more tactile and also like brought me a lot of joy. So the role models that I had at school were actually teachers who did a couple of different things or like really um, supported the creative aspects of their students, like thought processes. Like one of my favorite teachers was my photography teacher um, because he was always like asking me to like explore further into an idea I had versus just being like complete this assignment. Right. So I don't know that design wise, there's been one specific person. There were at the time, there were really not that many designers on television, even. Right. Um, one of the designers I really looked up to was Sheila Bridges. She was kind of like the only black interior designer that I had heard of. Right. And then I think the other people I knew about were like on HGTV, you know, which was at the time like kind of small, not anything like it is now where it's like you've got seven seasons of the same <laughs> show but with like four different spin-offs it's know? like oh you changed your hair in this one. Oh, you're wearing a different suit you know your show is just doing, doing the same thing right <laughs> right right exactly so i don't know that there was any one person but i think the field of design seemed more promising and like unexplored at the time so <laughs> i just wanted to learn more and um and I kind of figured out what styles I liked along the way and and watched different designers that were on TV that I loved. Okay. That's that's legit. I mean, you 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 take a look at like for for me going into to this and what have you, and hopefully in the next however many years this will be. I want to be the host of a podcast show that like kicks people off in a very like American Idol sort of way. I want to like kick mm-hmm. someone off and said, yeah, I'm shutting off your mic. And then they're just off the show. I want to do that. I want to make that a thing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I, and I really do. I've pitched this to people. <laughs> um, but, um, so I want to ask this, um, and, and I'm modifying this question a little bit. So fundamentally, um, what does an interior designer do? Cause I, I feel like a lot of people have that title and they throw that title around and it, it not everything is created equal. And I get like, there's going to be different based on a project or what have you, or based on a client and things of that nature, but in the most general terms, and this is the caveat and what you've learned, what within your style is kind of that first rule that you like to break. And like, oh, you know, eh, the line should be like this. Now nah, I make my own lines. Like, what is that that rule that you like to break? So what does an interior designer do at its fundamental? And what are maybe a, a rule or two that you like to break? So I think that within design, there's lots of different roles, right? 
Um, for me, I focus more on in interior architecture. So I'm working on the form of the space and like the aesthetic of that form, essentially. Yeah. Then you would have someone who also calls themselves a designer who is actually like a decorator. So they're more focused on the objects that they're bringing into the space from um, like retail stores or wholesale or trade. Um, and then you could have a lighting designer who might also be an interior designer. <laughs> um, there's just, there's so many different roles to fill on a project. If you were to just fill it with just interior designers yeah. and not um, architects or, you know, general contractors or whatever else who sometimes also step in and take on those roles. So what we do, I think, is we look at a space and then try to determine what the aesthetic should be of the space. That's okay. like the most general terms, yeah. right? It's it's a, it's about aesthetics. Um, yeah, that's legit. Yeah. But then each each facet of design might have their own role in that. No, that, that makes sense. Um, I, I was doing a walkthrough for potential space um, to to do some some podcasting stuff and and do interviews and things of that nature. And the spaces had limitations, right, in terms of how big they were. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, I can I can see this in there. Then I guess, well, we need to have those chairs. And I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I feel like I'm in a, t in a show from HGTV. And uh, <laughs> but and I was just like, let me scale it back on because I was doing some consulting. And I was like, let me scale it back on. All right. The the most important thing in this room is the uh, equipment. That's the most important thing. Right. Like being able to have, being able to get the thing done in there that it's intended for, and then you kind of build off of that. I was like, everyone can't be on those bar stools because we we need some something comfortable. But it's mm -hmm. like working within the parameters. So yeah, like being able to pick your your brain on that. It it makes sense on like this is kind of what this aesthetic should look like in a space. And right. But so, it, you know, there's different levels of aesthetics. There's yeah. like, there's the the actual walls, floor, ceiling, lighting, and then there's the furniture you're sitting in and the tables that are in the room yeah. and, you know, things like that. So um, I think aesthetic is general, but gets specific depending on the project. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So um, in terms of the rules that I like to break, <laughs> I, okay, so I am a rule follower. Let me just say that inherently a rule oh. follower, but I think the rules I break mostly have to do with color. Um, I am have, I've always been like a color lover. Um, my mom is not well she likes color but she's very like you have to only have three or whatever right mm -hmm. like when i was growing up she would be like you have too many colors on um so my biggest rule to break is just like which colors look good together and figuring that out i think a lot of my designs kind of have unexpected color choices so okay. that's that's probably my biggest rule okay. i'm not trying to make you know lots of curved walls there there anymore. might be there might be a rapid fire question related to that later so keep a pen okay. in it there might be a question in there because I, I did a little research a little very little piquito um so so what are what are three things and i like to make this a little weird um what are three things that 
really, so you, you mentioned, you know, you had an interest in, in maybe working for Pixar early on. So what are three things that have had a big, bigger, bigger influence or a big influence on your work? Like, um, you know, that might not necessarily relate to it. For, for instance, um, I, I remember I was talking with a guest a while back and he was like, I watch professional wrestling to be a better painter. He's like, I get something out of it on how they're maybe telling their story. He's like, there has to be some element in there of the showmanship and, and things of that nature. So kind of think of it in those terms, like something that mm, you might get inspiration from, you might get influence from that might not necessarily be pretty aesthetic things or certain things that are vibrant because of their colors. Yeah. Um, in terms of just my work specifically, right? Yeah. So. I'm focused on work that happens during construction, essentially. Okay. Um, so it is like a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say boring, but like, it's not, I'm not throwing out leopard print uh, or something, you know, <laughs> like, um, but I think visibility mm-hmm. of other design is a huge, a huge mm-hmm. thing for me. Um, you know, Instagram, Pinterest, like I am, a, I now am like a little busier. I can't really be on social media constantly, but I feel like for a while I had like an obsession with both of those platforms. Um, I have a ton of Instagram accounts that I own. <laughs> um, I may have found a couple other ones. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have. And like, there's others that like don't even have posts because I like never got them off the ground, but I was like, this is a cool idea. So I think like seeing other people's work that maybe, you know, if you're getting, even if you're getting design magazines, you're not seeing all the work there is out there. Like the accounts I follow are from like Australia and South Africa and France. And like, I love all of this different design that isn't really around in America all that much. Yeah. So I think that that's a big influence for me. Um, also, I have a five-year-old and I never, there, there's nothing I understand better now than like how to design for a family with children. <laughs> because there are things where like my daughter like has run into something and hurt herself or like she is figured out a way to make you know, something essentially a platform to jump off of that in a normal house, you'd be like, oh, that seems just fine. It's like, oh no, a five-year-old or a four-year-old will find a way to make that part of their gymnastics equipment. So, you know, I think like she is a huge influence for me because I think about all of these, I think about like having the view of someone who's, you know, less than four feet tall because I see it all the time. Right. And especially with, with, um, people who maybe don't have kids yet, but are telling me, oh, we're going to have a, we want to have a big family. I'm like, Ooh, let's make some smart design choices up front (laughs) so that, you know, a few years from now, you don't really regret putting in this like very sharp angle in your home. That's legit. That's legit. Yeah. And then I think also, um, just experience of different like jobs that I've had, as you were mentioning, like I've just done, I've had a lot of different, uh, I've had a lot of different jobs where like 
they weren't necessarily related to design. And then also just being in the different portions of, in the different realms of interiors, right? So like yeah. I've done residential, I've done commercial, I've done, uh, I've worked at a furniture store in sales. I've worked at a furniture store doing displays. Um, just having like different experiences within my own field has really influenced my work a lot. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, my studio space and I'm looking at just different paintings. And at one point I thought I was going to be a painter and I kind of abandoned it. Uh, I'll get back to it. Um, but I need to know if you painted your logo though. I didn't, I did not. What? <laughs> I did have someone, uh, send me a little gift from, from your neck of the woods. I think, I think you're in that Northeast Baltimore. Um, it was a guest on, um, Jim Duran. He did, uh, he does these small dioramas. So he did one of oh, my yeah. logo and he sent it to me and I was like, that's a great gift. And, um, my, my friend, um, Jack's, uh, yin lover on Instagram, she's, she's a rock painter. So she did the same thing with a rock and it has the colors and it has Rob Lee on there. And I was like, okay, that's really dope. That's really cool. Um, so as I'm looking at like some of the paintings that I have in my spot, it's like certain things that weren't like, I'm telling the story. It's like, what's the influence in there? So, um, it's, it was this one that I'm looking at right now. It was about like, it, just like a, a breakup or what have you, but the, the color scheme and the, the style of it is like from that Rob Call Quest album, like Midnight Marauders. And I was like, I wasn't listening to it. I didn't have it in front of me, but it's just like, that's what popped in my head. And those are the colors that I wanted to put out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so how do you decide like which, creative direction projects are a good fit for you in, in, in your like firm? Like how you, how do you just define that or describe so, that? With creative direction and like collaborative work, I've really, I mean, I've done a couple of them now where they relate to other work I did. So I used to run a magazine and last year or maybe that was the end of 2020. <laughs> um, I, was working on a project for Charm City Craft Mafia doing their holiday lookbook because they usually have the holiday heap at the end of the year and mm -hmm. they couldn't have it. It had to be virtual. So we did like a little lookbook for them. Um, and so for me, that was a great fit because I was like, oh yeah, I used to essentially make this same thing featuring small businesses for the business that I have. So yeah. um that's really worked out well. I've actually worked with Annie Howe twice now, once on that and then once on um, a project that we did together for University of Maryland, mm -hmm. um, where we took her paper cuts and blew them up for uh, wall art for a children's um, adolescent uh, rehab wing of the hospital. Sure. And that was a really great fit because Annie was the artist but she needed to take her art and like add color to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And also the color had to work with the um, aesthetics that an architecture firm had put together. So for me, that was a really natural fit because like, I love just applying color. Right. Um, and it let me explore that with some parameters, yeah. which is also what I'm used to doing in my field. So um, there's those I think, rules I like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Lots of rules. <laughs> um, but then also like, I, 
I think like being an artist and like being, having gone to school for art, there's so many different things that I don't get to do. Mm. So a lot of the collaborative work that I've done, it's just been because like, I haven't been able to do that since I was in school. Right. Like I love ceramics, but like, I'm not a ceramicist. Right. I took ceramics for a long time, but I don't get to do it. I love like watching woodworking because I took woodworking, but (laughs) I don't get to do that in my daily life. Like I don't feel comfortable being in a wood shop alone. Um, but I've made like tiny models for buildings before, you know, for my projects. So it's more like things. And I don't know if it's just, that's how people find me is like, Oh, it looks like Tiffany has a background in these certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, but the projects that have come up have been projects that like, in some way relate to my background. So it's been, it's been really great. I don't think so far I've gotten any inquiries about collaborations where it's like totally off and something that I wouldn't want to do at all. Cause I I think like, I like being creative in general. So usually, um, usually it sounds interesting to me. I'm like, yeah, let's see, let's see what we can do together. (laughs) No, I, I, yeah. Like, I'm I'm looking for opportunities and I just don't want one that's really weird. Like I'm not an actor, but I can be in a background and look big and just imposing. Uh, you know, I can be a tree if someone needs me to, you know, work on their, their holiday play or something, you know, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking offers guys. Um, but don't, don't ask me to sing. Cause I got nothing. I got nothing for you. It's like, oh, your voice is great. Only for talking, not for anything mm-hmm. more than that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that that's not true. Um, sorry, true. <laughs> Uh, so aside from when you're working with a client, so aside from ensuring that the client is happy and all of that good stuff, what are, what are things that you look for from like a personal standpoint that you want to accomplish that in that finished design and that finished project? You're like, you know what, this is, I felt good. I felt like I stretched on this one. I felt like the degree of difficulty was there. kept me interested. What's, what's something that you look for at the end of a project? That's actually one of the things is just being able to explore new facets of design or like to create something I haven't created before. That's always a goal for me. It's not something that like is at the forefront for sure. But I think that when I'm deciding what should go into a space and I'm thinking about the solutions to problems presented, usually there's something that I'm creating where it's like, Oh yeah, I've really been wanting to do this before. Um, And solving that problem and figuring out like, how do you make that is one of the really interesting parts of my job. Um, It's sometimes really time consuming, (laughs) but but I feel like a lot of the clients that I've had and, and really like my intent with my clients is to make it a collaborative process. And so um, with commercial projects, especially like we're all working together to Mm -hmm. figure out how do we make this thing? How do we make it great? You know? Um, and it's their passion project. So they're always very enthusiastic about, you know, figuring out how it works, figuring out what we could do to make it more functional for their customers or more functional for their staff. Um, that's always like a huge thing for me. And then, um, related to that also is just like making it functional for all of the users of the space. That's always like the top priority is, is it functional? 
that's for anyone who's going to use the space at all. Um, and for residential design, it's actually like, is it intuitive, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're in your home, like, and you're cooking, you want to be able to have what you need nearby, right? You don't want to have to walk across the room or turn around or, you know, obviously like varying sizes of spaces, but um, you need the things that you're, you know, if, if your hands are on the stove, like you need to be able to have serving serving utensils, plates, yeah. you know, whatever is going to be nearby. If you need pasta to, you know, you need water boiled, you don't want the sink to be too far away. Um, it should feel like it's meant to be there. That, that That's legit. Yeah. I, I like, I like when I watch something design oriented and, Someone's like, yeah, we took into account his wingspan and made sure that everything was in reach of his long arms. I was like, what? What is like? Oh, you spent a lot of money to have this done. I get it, because <laughs> um, like, like my like my girlfriend's like five one or five two, so every she's just pulling out ladders all the time, and I'm mm-hmm. six four, so I'm just giggling like. <laughs> You actually had to get a separate thing. This house is too big for you. And I just. Right. I mean, if you're designing a kitchen and you're under five feet or right at five feet, like you're not going to make cabinets that are six foot five. You can't reach them. It should make sense for you to make sense for the user. Yeah. And, so. and on the flip side of it, my place is smaller. <laughs> so it's like, we should just switch houses. <laughs> we should yeah. just switch houses and just make it a thing. And cause, um, I like, I'm recording in a, uh, my, my second bedroom is a studio. I converted it into a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but the in- initial intent was my basement being the studio and the clearance is too low. It's just like, I'm going to hit my head every time and it's not going to be a good podcast. Right. Yeah. You're going to get annoyed words. down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's bad enough that my cat's down there just like making a remix of everything I'm saying. I was like, can you jog off? Can you kick, kick rocks? Um, I think that's a really good point. Like in, in our city in particular, there's so many constraints architecturally in old buildings, right? Mm-hmm. That like, you also have to look at that and just say like, well, what makes sense in here in this space that you chose? Right. Yeah. Um, and then also just, I think it's important in every project to just bring something, especially if it's commercial space that lots of people are going to see, mm-hmm. just bring something new to the area. Like yeah. That's a big goal always for me. I feel like for a long time, Baltimore had like the same style of design everywhere, like mm-hmm. that industrial look. Um, and I like industrial design, but, and I know that in certain spaces, like you're going to have, exposed ceilings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that everything below it has to be industrial as well. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think certain spaces when I, I always get the joke, I like the, um, like, what is it? I'm, I'm, you pl- please correct me when I mess this up, but the, um, like the black pipe kind of interior, I like that. I made a shelving unit with that stuff, but also mm-hmm. every place that I go to, if they're looking for a certain energy, Hey man, we're in overalls and we have this everywhere. It's like, you're not, it's not, it's not original. Yeah. Brooklyn yeah, did exactly. this 10 years ago. Like it's fine. Um, so I, have, I got one more question for you before I get to these rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, 
so so this one I, I, I wanted to get some feedback on because you touched on earlier about the, the kind of that lack of representation of like um black like black folk in um interior design back in the day. Um so speak about this the standards for for a moment. Um is there a different standard that black designers are held to compared to their non black counterparts? I don't know that there's a different standard necessarily. I think that the visibility is the most important aspect of it. I think that um, there's access to different people, whether it's through the internet or through television. And um, if you don't, if you don't see people's work and you mm -hmm. don't see people who look different than yourself, then like you're not going to think you're not going to know what they can create basically. Right. Yeah. So even if it's just in the back of our minds, um, visibility is, is going to be the number one thing. I think a really interesting portion of a really interesting part of design is that like in an, our country in America, we only see houses made of certain materials, right? Sure based on our environment, you know, if you go to Florida, even you're going to see a, a house that's made out of stucco that maybe you won't see in new England because it's, you know, a different environment. Right. Right. Um, in other places in the world, you're going to see materials that we don't use here. And like people in America might think that's really strange, but someone in Africa might think, oh yeah, we're using this material normally because this is what is, you know, plentiful in our area. This is what works with our environment. And I think all design is, is very similar to that. You know, depending on where you live, something is normal to you mm -hmm. and the visibility that is provided by social media and the internet in general allows us to see different types of design and the way that people think and create in other places in the world. Right. Yeah. So in terms of having standards for design for creators who are black, I don't think it's necessarily different. I think it's just the expectations that even that we have for ourselves might be different, right? Like mm -hmm. we're as, as a person who lives in Baltimore, Maryland, I'm designing for America right? Like what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's an expectation that that's the way I'll design. Right. Yeah. I think that when you have people who are from other countries or who um, their families are from other countries, they may come to design from a different perspective. And that's maybe not always accepted because it's not the norm in America. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I think like having the visibility of design from other places is really important. And that's, that's more, I think what skews expectation and standards for designers. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, that's pretty much all I have of the real questions. So now I have three <laughs> ridiculous questions. Um, <clears throat> so I, I got you. Here you go. Here you go. No, actually it's four. Um, first one. Uh, and you can be as brief as you like with these. Uh, okay. So when you're working, music, podcasts, or audiobooks, um, what, are you, what are you listening to? What was that last thing? And like, what's your favorite of those three? And what's the last thing that you've listened to of the of them? Um, so when I'm working by myself, I am actually usually not listening to anything. <sighs> 
Silence. Really? <laughs> I listen to inner um, thoughts. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's a lot of organization that and problem solving that my job entails. So sometimes like I can't listen to anything because, you know, it's it's hard to concentrate like with all of the different things I'm trying to keep track of. Yeah, my, but yeah. if I had to choose, I would choose music every time. My my day job is uh, I'm a data analyst, and um, my, my my girlfriend put me on to this because she's a much higher level data analyst than I am, and she's like, oh, I just listen to classical music. She was like, I can't listen to anything with lyrics. You stop focusing, it's like typing. It's like, why am, why is this sequel having there like throw them bows? It's like this is not part of the script. <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, yeah, I definitely get it. Um, but sometimes when I'm, I'm working, like I might put on a record, like if I'm like um, here, maybe working on a podcast, editing, coming up with questions. If I'm working on questions and research, I'll I'll have to throw on like some classical music or something, just something that's kind of kind of fast. And it's like to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, I listen to music when I'm doing the graphics portion of my job. So like if I'm doing Photoshop or Illustrator work where I'm moving images, yeah. I can listen to music. If I'm doing a spreadsheet, there's no way. No, can't happen. Can't happen. Spreadsheets. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Hmm. Um, I really love Martha's Vineyard. Okay. It's beautiful, and I like the water, and there's all these gardens. So for me, it's, it's there. But Is I that... also don't – I rarely go on vacation, so I'm not, like, an authority on that. And you're, you have a bit of a green thumb too, I realize as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I collect Funko Pops. Oh, okay. Do you have a thing that you collect? I have lots of things I collect. Okay. Share um, one of them. <laughs> right now, there's a collection going on of tins that are... Um, they're vintage tins that like flour, sugar, vegetables, like those things came yeah. in. Those are on like a big shelf in my office right now. But I also have like a huge Pez dispenser collection. <laughs> nice. um, I don't know what to do with. So, yeah, I, I mean, I probably have lists of collections that don't have places to be. I mean, my thing is, if I ever become successful at doing anything, I'm going to collect the skulls of my enemies. No, I'm kidding. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> last question I have for you. Um, so I read that bold color and you touched on it. Bold color is one of your trademarks. So um, here's a scenario. What are the three go-to colors, the three colors that you would use if you were doing a dining room? Like, I mean, I, you, cause you, you mentioned that about colors earlier. So I definitely want to get your take just, you know, you can frame it out. If you're saying this is a dining room I have in mind and these are the colors I would have with it. But I just want to get the colors. What colors you got in mind? A dining room for who? Um, for me, I, I'm regular black, okay. regular blackman, six four. Um, like spaghetti. I want to reach all of my stuff. You I know, mean, just, just... I don't choose colors based on this. So on the type of room. So this is a really hard question. Um, <laughs> really. I mean, what are your favorite colors? Um, burgundy, gray, and uh, teal. So not green, blue, and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> not green, blue, and yellow. <laughs> Um, I think that I would look at the things you own and select the colors based on that. So okay. a lot of times when people don't know what colors they like, I look at their wardrobe. Um, <laughs> I pull things like that. I see 
repeated there. Um, I had a client who everything she owned was black. So like, and she had a lot of clothes. I was shocked. Um, but she, everything she had was black. I think she had one thing that was a color. So like when we were choosing what to do, like she had her entire kitchen was black and white. I think we varied from that into like green or something. Like we just, you know, kept it really simple. Um, but I think that there's a lot of people who think they're not afraid of color mm-hmm. and their wardrobe really tells that story for me. I, so. I wear a lot, I wear a lot of medium kind of, kind of color. So like I'll, you know, like olive, I wear a lot of maroon. I wear a lot of burgundy. Um, cause I feel like I look great in it. And, uh, I have like four car heart shirts and they're all the same color of maroon. <laughs> so it's nothing wrong with a uniform. <laughs> literally. I, I, one of the questions I used to have, what is your cartoon attire? What is that thing you're in every day? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has that after a certain point. It's just like, what looks good. Okay. I'm just going to get a whole bunch of those. Oh, this fits great. It's, it's Carhartt and leggings. That's literally what I'm wearing day to day. It's like, I can go to the gym and then act like I'm going to the bar later. Great. Um, <laughs> so that's all the questions that I have, but I want to thank you for one coming onto this podcast. This has been fun. And two, I want to invite you to, um, feel free to share, plug anything that you got. Um, and again, thank you for being on this podcast. So plug, plug, plug away. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, what do I have? I don't know. I have an Instagram account that I feel like everyone knows me from Reedy creative. And, um, I'm about to launch a new website. So I'm excited about that. It's not up yet. It'll be out in February. Um, and also I'm designing like a showroom for all of my finishes. So, and then you mentioned my garden. So I'm plugging the garden. It's almost spring. It's the Baltimore Potager. And it's where you can follow along with all my garden, garden fun. Um, I have a pretty large vegetable garden at this point and very, it's, it's my, like, if you haven't seen me posting on Instagram on my design account, that's where you'll find me. It's good to know. Good to know the uh, Baltimore potager. Right. Just like a, a little French stank on the, on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. So there you have it, folks. Again, um, thank you, Tiffany Reedy from Reedy Creative. I am Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around Baltimore. And you just got to look for it.